Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 96th official episode. It is day two of NBA Free Agency, and we're here to go over every single thing that's notable that has happened so far. Dude, and it's there's been some there's been some exciting stuff. For a year that I don't think was was the stellar free agency class that we're used to, uh, we've been spoiled by over the last, you know, decade or five years or whatever, there's, it's, it's been fun to keep up with. And I think the first team, the natural starting point here is the Los Angeles Lakers, the team that everyone was going to, was going to be, of course, rumored to go to. Um, but the Russell Westbrook trade they made on draft night, of course, made things a little more complicated. Let's talk about that trade quick, and then we'll get into their free agency moves. Yeah, so in, in terms of making moves, the Lakers have done a lot of small moves. They haven't done anything particularly mm-hmm. insane, but the reason that all of these small moves even matter, well, one, LeBron's on your team, so of course we're going to talk about it, but yeah. two, how we view the Westbrook trade kind of depends on how their free agency went, because they got rid of all of their role players to get Russell Westbrook. So depending on how they fill in those gaps, we can say, oh, it was worth it. You traded away pieces, but you got back similar pieces, and then you just also got Russell Westbrook. Because after this Russell Westbrook trade, the only players on the roster were LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and Marcus All. Which is which is crazy, right? So everybody else that they had to fill out a 13-man roster in free agency. They did go sign nine guys, and especially that that it was added pressure was put on by the fact that it seems like Dennis Schroeder's not wasn't going to come back, and that um, Alex Caruso has now gone to the Bulls, and we'll get to the Bulls too. Um, But yeah, so so interesting interesting thing that they had to tackle after this Westbrook trade, and I think even more pressure was added by the fact that. They, the, it's, it would seem that the Lakers could have made the deal with the Sacramento Kings to land Buddy Heald, and they also would have, in that case, been able to keep KCP. So you would have been surrounding the LeBron James-Anthony Davis pick-and-roll with two great shooters in, in Buddy Heald and KCP, and now instead you have this questionable fit with Russell Westbrook. We could talk about that a little more if you if you want to, but you have you have to now surround that really questionable fit in complete lack of shooting or really perimeter defense in Russell Westbrook with guys who have the more traditional fit with LeBron. Yeah, so just on the whole, I feel like I was a little bit more negative than the average fan when it came to this Westbrook sure. trade. I think that- I think I think most like analysts were like I think most most like you know like guys who consider themselves like brainy cerebral NBA fans versus like the casual like and I don't mean to see casual in a bad way but like the the average NBA fan who's like Russell Westbrook's good LeBron's good and Anthony Davis is good. See Flynn boost my ego. Um, <laughs> so I yeah I think that the fitting the fit is is just is just bad. Russell yeah. Westbrook can't hit a three for his life and LeBron plays with players who can hit threes for their life usually and that's why they succeed you have lebron if you have a bunch of shooters then he has a bunch of um space to get to the rim and if you help on anyone it's one of the best passes of all time you can hit an open shooter it's three points so that's why i'm not a fan of this russell westbrook trade it's it's so counter the lebron mold is basically what it comes down to and especially because now you've you've not only put lebron with a co-star making millions and millions of dollars that 
can't really defend, and can't hit threes, but also is one of the most ball-dominant players in the league. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen that teams generally change their entire offense to fit Russell Westbrook, and LeBron works best when the entire offense is changed to fit him, right? You yeah. can't just go get rid of Clint Capella now because we're going to... Revol- like That's what the Houston Rockets did. They, they, they got rid of all their centers, so Westbrook could basically be the center. You can't get rid of Anthony Davis. Like, that's... That's not how this works. So you're not going to be able to totally restructure the team around Westbrook, um, so that he can have he can drive to the rim every possession. And as we know, when Russell Westbrook isn't taking ninety percent of his shots at the rim, you're not in good shape as a, as a team. Yeah. So, <clears throat> like for that, I, I think that also, I think the Lakers were one of the better built teams in the league outside of having two of the best players in the league. I think last season. Yeah. Last season, even the Dennis Schroeder thing that didn't work out, that was still a good move to have another like fast creator outside of LeBron. So the fit seemed to work. Even Cal Kuzma, he said he didn't like playing off ball. That's where he belonged. And that, that was, that was a good situation in my opinion. And now you get rid of all of that good roster construction and to me, that was like outside of having the top players, that that was your advantage as the Lakers. Like you, you had a better constructed team than the Nets, even if the Nets had the three superstars, you had the two superstars and a really good roster around it. And by getting that third star, which if you're comparing the the Lakers big three with the Nets big three, Westbrook's the worst player out of the six. So if you're giving up your entire advantage of of roster construction to just get Russell Westbrook, I think that's kind of a bad move. And like again, it, we're gonna do like a, a preseason rankings or whatever. I still probably have the Lakers as my title favorites, okay. just because I have for the past two years, and I'm such a big, big believer in LeBron and Anthony Davis as a duo. But I honestly would have had them even more of a favorites if they just didn't make this move. Now I think we should, uh, or even made the Buddy Heel move instead. Yeah, I think that would have been better. The only two reasonable explanations that I will even listen to really for this for this trade are: one, Russell Westbrook is talented, and even though the fit doesn't make sense, if anybody in the world can make it work, it's LeBron freaking James, right? Like, we people have been saying that Russell Westbrook, oh, he would be so much better if he would just take some chances cutting off ball, right? Or instead of just like having to have the ball in his hands, like. You know, if anybody is going to be able to change the way that Westbrook plays uh, and turn him into more of a team player, I would argue it's LeBron James. Um, and I'm blanking on what the other thing is, so come back to me. All right, I think we should get into the the actual moves they made. They The people they signed this year, mm-hmm. Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard, Kent Bazemore, Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk, and Wayne Ellington. First of all, Almost all these guys are hella old. Trevor Ariza is a yeah. fossil. Dwight Howard's old. Ken Bazemore's very old. Fossil. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, very old. And I think Wayne Ellington, I don't know if he's been in the league like a really long time, and that's why he. I think he's old, or if he's actually old. But he seems to be uh, an older guy. 33, 33 years old. Yeah. That, that's old in NBA terms. The, the only relatively young guy on this list is Malik Monk. And this is like his like fourth or fifth year in the league. I think that the Malik Monk thing just happened an hour ago. And I kind of was a little so-so on it. He he kind of reminds me of J.R. Smith 
I think a lot mm-hmm. of NBA fans compare their play styles because he's so streaky. He takes pull-up threes, and it it kind of seems like a little bit of a chaotic move. But then again, he's Bucket prob- getter and spurts. Then again, he's also probably the best three-point shooter on this list. The move I like the best out of this list is actually the Wayne Ellington move because he's probably the best or second-best three-point shooter on this list, and he's more consistent, and he's more of a vet. And he's a pretty good defender as well. And so that's why I like that move. Trevor Reza, I don't like the move at all. I don't think he can defend at this point in his career. He, like, he can maybe shoot threes, but I think, like, oh, I just realized him and LeBron also used to hate each other um, back in high they school. They were yeah, high school rivals, yeah. right? Um, I just, Trevor Reza, I don't know. He gives me bad vibe. I feel like he's always on the wrong end of beefs. Hmm. Um, Dwight Howard, like, I guess he can come back and be your backup big man. Can- well, AD wants to play power forward, so you have to have Dwight Howard is the idea. Even though that makes no sense. Yeah, but. that makes no sense. You have Marcus All. Um, so, and then Kent Bazemore, apparently he took less money to play with the Lakers than, yeah. and the Warriors offered him more money and more years on the contract. I didn't like him on the Warriors, and I, I don't like him on the Lakers. I don't think he can really shoot the ball that well. Um, and then Melo, um, I think it's fine. I think he can shoot the ball well. It's fun to have him and LeBron finally be on he's the same team. He's been team really together. good on the Trailblazers, like as of as of late. So I'm I'm excited about that. Honestly, I, I understand that. But for me, the defense worries me. If you're oh, if you're talking about sure. him being for like sure. a crucial player on a Finals team, for sure. I it, that's just a it's, you just have to hope that like Anthony Davis alone is enough to hold this defense down. Because like you said, yeah. like, this is not a good defensive group. Um, going back, I, the one thing I forgot and it came back to me um, is basically you just have to hope that. It, the the other the other reason for the Westbrook signing might be or might, Westbrook trade might be that LeBron wants to take more of a backseat in the regular season and therefore like the Westbrook AD pick and roll on its own should like win you some games. Um, but going back going back to these moves, I guess I think that there's sort of a this, this is like sort of zooming out a little bit. There's but there's sort of a stigma around like old players, I guess, uh, because old players have less value because they're old, like. <laughs> But that doesn't actually mean that they're worse than the young players, right? So a guy like, um, I don't know, Kent Bazemore is a lot less exciting than Malik Monk to the average NBA fan because Malik Monk is is younger and like more flashy and whatever. But like in reality, Kent Bazemore, even you know, even though you're looking up, he's 32 years old, um, like is is probably a more solid and reliable player than than Malik Monk, right? And just just because that they're older doesn't necessarily mean that they're worse, even though that their their value is lower. So in a situation like the Lakers, where you just need to come up with a one-year roster, where you have to fill, like I said, we have to go from a four-man roster to 13-man roster just for this one season. And after that, it's going to keep being a revolving door of role players. Going out and signing a bunch of guys who, even though they're 33, still have this year left in the tank, I don't hate so much. Obviously, if you were signing him to a three-year deal, it would be a problem. But but going out and signing Dwight Howard, like we know that Dwight Howard is still really solid, even though he's old and past his prime. But that doesn't mean he's not still a starting caliber big right now in the NBA. So that's just a little a little tangent. But like just because these guys are old doesn't mean they're not still decent NBA players. You know, don't don't get fetishized with like the with the, like, the younger guys. Okay, that that rhymed. <laughs> um, last thing, we're still waiting on Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. I don't really, I haven't really been following the situation. He, the Lakers offered him a bunch of money, like, like, it was like four years, like $85 million, and he turned it down, which I think is a mistake. 
first of all. He, he's really hoping somebody's going to call up his phone and offer him $20 million. At this point, I, I'm I'm hoping that it's not the Knicks. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 like, no slander on Dennis Schroeder, but we did just draft, you know, like three guards. So, And we still have uh, Emmanuel Quickly, and we brought back Derek Rose. So I think we have actually too many point guard minutes right now to go around so let's let's hold off on Dennis Schroeder um but but it it does leave a question of like if not Schroeder then who because um I hope they can try to do something in like a sign and trade yeah well that's in order to get like anything back to help their roster that's the one way they're still hoping to land a buddy healed kind of like you know shooter type um but you know, in, in terms of the, the point guard spots that were available, um, the Pelicans got Devontae Graham, so he's not going to the Pelicans. For the reasons I just said, I'm hoping he doesn't go to the Knicks. Um, the Bulls filled their spot with Lonzo. Exactly. And then, you know, I'm trying to think, were there any other, like, point guard? Uh, the Miami Heat got Lowry, obviously. So, like, I don't know what team out there is, like, hungry for a point guard. The Wizards, it sounds like, are probably going to land uh spencer dinwiddie even though i don't think that's official so maybe the celtics yeah no kemba and that's and that's by the way another thing another thing to keep your eye on as we move forward in free agency um i don't think that the thunder are particularly keen on like keeping kemba walker throughout all of the season but um you know i I also don't think that they're gonna you know like trade him for Mm -hmm. less than they think he's worth so that's the Thunder way. They'll probably actually up his value throughout the season if he's still on the team and then and then trade him for a first-round pick, as, as we know Sam Presti likes to do. All right, you got the New York Knicks shirt on. I do. And we I sort of just segued to talking about them with by, by mentioning Evan Fournier. Let's, let's break it down. The moves, they brought in Evan Fournier on a four-year, $78 million deal. He brought back Nerlens Noel for around $10 million a year for, um, for three years. Alec Burks, around the same thing. Derrick Rose, around the same thing. All, all in the three-year, $30 to $40 million range. Um, brought back Taj Gibson, uh, and they lost Reggie Bullock, and they also have a few more contracts through the draft, as we previously mentioned. Um, we need to have a moment of silence. For, Reg- for Reginald? <laughs> for Reginald Bullock. Oh, I hope I hope that, uh, that we have some fans out there who listen to us throughout these playoffs and know what big Reggie Bullock fans we are. Yeah. This he is, will be this missed. Is, this has become a Reggie Bullock podcast. He will, <laughs> he will be missed. He, he spaced the floor like hell for the Knicks <laughs> when we didn't have a lot of floor spacing. For sure. For sure. I'm, uh, let's, let's start with Evan Fournier uh, signing. I'm, I'm actually like pretty high on this. I think... Uh, you know, I heard someone joking around that like they've been watching him play in the Olympics, where he's <laughs> where he's been busting Team USA's ass and whatever. Um, yeah, I think he's he he flies under the radar because he was on the Orlando Magic and then he joined a Boston Celtics team that had a lot of other shot creators. But he's like low key a near twenty point per game scorer, um, who's not only good in the catch and shoot, but can hit some pull ups, can attack the basket a little bit, and isn't even a terrible passer um so to to add that kind of guy who can who can be a bit of a go-to score on a Knicks team that desperately desperately needed that during the playoffs I think is pretty exciting um there was a there was a moment when I was looking through the free agent free agents and I was like who do the Knicks get like do we get DeMar DeRozan like we just need some shot creation and of course DeMar DeRozan doesn't fit uh next to Julius Randle and RJ Barrett because of his shooting and Evan Fournier does. So I think it's a good mix of he can 
he can score, but also but also space the floor and play off ball for our guys that like to get to the rim. So I'm I'm pretty high on that, and I also don't think that paying him close to twenty million dollars a year is a is a bad deal by any means. Yeah. So two years ago, he averaged eighteen and a half points per game on forty percent three point shooting, and he also you know that's not all just catch and shoot stuff. Like he's a great shooter, mm-hmm. but he's also taking guys off the dribble. Um, he he's not like he's a he's a solid passer, but he he doesn't really do it that much. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him a good passer by any means. He's averaged pretty much three assists for his entire career. But last year was a bit weird for him, which is why I feel like this is a bit of an overpay. I think he's a good player, and I think he's a good fit for the Knicks. But I think it's a bit of an overpay for him because he, he averaged damn near 20 points per game on the Magic. He averaged 19.7 uh, points per game in 26 games last year on the Magic. But then he got traded to the Boston Celtics, who had a lot of issues— and he played 16 games there and he only started 10 and he averaged 13 points per game. And so for I, me, I think that's, I think it's hard to come into a new situation like that in a weird COVID year and whatever. So I'm, I'm choosing to look at it optimistically, but I do understand your concern. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think this is a little bit of an overpay. I think let's talk about the fit really quick. He can create off the dribble and he's a perimeter scorer and he can shoot. We need all of those things. Yeah. You, we I, saw on the playoffs last year, Derrick Rose was our primary creator because Julius Randle, you know, doesn't have a deep bag and like relatively and mm-hmm. Derek and Derrick Rose was trying to create stuff on the perimeter and it just wasn't enough against the Atlanta Hawks team that was just better and had Trey Young. So Evan Fournier fixes a lot of those problems. So if, if you're saying, hey, Connor, what are the top free agents in this limited free agency year that fit what, what the New York Knicks need? And Fournier is near the top of that list. Like probably number one, other than like Kawhi Leonard, who I don't even consider like a real free agent. But yeah, or like, like Kyle Lowry or something. But I think, in general, a little bit of an overpay. But I don't. You know, what are you I don't do? think by today's NBA standards, where Duncan Robinson is on a five-year, ninety million dollar contract, this is an overpay. That's that's the way that I'm looking at. Sub twenty million for a near twenty point per game score. Like I think that Evan Fournier is going to in the next couple of years for the Knicks make this contract look like pretty smart and solid. You know when I mean, we when, but, and when we had fifty million in cap what if he, to spend. What if he is closer to Celtics Fournier than Magic Fournier? Then this is a disaster. I. I think Celtics, Celtics Fournier was a was a small sample size on a team that's a lot better than the Knicks right now. So. I, I'm not so concerned that he's going to come out and average 13 points per game because I don't think the Knicks have so much scoring that like that's you know I, like I think I think he'll do his thing. I guess is what I'm saying. Let's talk about the other moves: Nerlens Noel, Alex Burke, Alex Burks, and Derrick Rose. Yeah. Uh, thrilled we bought we brought back all these three guys. All three of these guys are like winning players who really bought into the culture. New York Knicks had a great culture last year. If 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 you're thrilled about paying Alec Burks 10 10 or so million a year, I think that that then then. You know, Evan Fournier is definitely worth twenty million. <laughs> I guess it's on. I Dude, mean, like, I, like I Alec Burks is like significantly Alex, worse than, than okay, Evan Fournier, bro. I don't know. He's a bucket. I don't know. Alec Burks <laughs> oh, was, man, was oh, the man. God. Was the man last year. You are. I think you were underrating Evan Fournier, but but I. I think but you're I underrating you, Alec Burks. Alec Burks had his moments last season, but but Dude, uh. Alec Burks was the man. Alec Burks is worse than Celtics Evan Fournier, as you scroll through Basketball Reference, but. Dude, he only started five games last year. He averaged yeah. thirteen off the bench. What a what a beast. Dude, this I, might... I agree I agree though. Like Nerlensol was huge for our defense, and we still don't know exactly what's going on with Mitchell Robinson, right? We're still waiting to hear about that. Because I think he's a restricted free agent this summer. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Mitch, yeah. Um 
And then Alec Burks, like, can't complain about that. And we got Taj Gibson back on one year, like, $2.7 million. This is also a Taj Gibson podcast. Bro, we've become really pro-Taj <laughs> pro Gibson. Yeah. Um, so, overall, I, I consider this a W for the Knicks. Um, didn't spend all of our cap space, like, long-term, which I think is also good. You know, like, yeah. brought back guys on... Also, all these guys are really tradable. They're on tradable contracts yep. if we need to create some room. Yep. And, and, and I think, in a similar way that I was saying, like, the Thunder who are going to be bad for the next couple of years can can can, can sit on an Al Horford or Kemba Walker type and uh, and like up their trade value over time and then trade them for a first round pick like let's say the Knicks just like are in the doldrums of the NBA like you all of these guys will have looked good on these contracts I think to the point that like you could still trade them for you know a Marcus Morris kind of return um even though he's he was he was better for the Knicks for that stretch of time, like you know two seasons ago than any of the yeah, guys guys will. I, be. I agree. I think that's a good comparison. Um, let, let's move on from the New York Knicks and let's talk about some of the other teams in the league. The two main teams yeah. that come to mind are the Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls. Two of the big the big hitters for the Heat. They bring back Jimmy Butler on a four year, one hundred and eighty four million dollar extension. They bring back Duncan Robinson on a five year, ninety million dollar contract. And they bring in P.J. Tucker on a two-year, $15 million contract. They bring in Dwayne Dedman. And the biggest acquisition of the of their season, Kyle Lowry, on a three-year, $90 million sign-and-trade. Spending on this, spending all this money really puts a time crunch on the Miami Heat. And, and personally, I think that even even with these additions of Brandon Zach, it's, like it's, it's not going to be enough. But it does make the Miami Heat exciting for the next couple of years. So... You know, and, and I'll say this again with the Chicago Bulls. Like, I know um, somebody tweeted out to on, on, on NBA Twitter, you know, like, Bulls fans, are you cool with the fact that you're, that you're championship, the, the core that you're going to have to try to ch- compete for championship with for the next four years or whatever is Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, and Lonzo Ball? And, and Kenny Beecham replied, like, I just want to see the Chicago Bulls be fun again. I think there's a case of that for them with the Miami Heat here. Like, do I think I don't think this team is going to go to the conference finals again, um, or even the finals again with with this with this roster? I don't know, man. But, like right now with this roster, like they could be the third best team in the East, depending on how Philly gets their shit together. Yeah, and depending yeah, on but, the Celtics get their shit. But together. I think I think as long as you know the the Bucks can keep their act together, the Nets are the Nets. You know, like I don't I don't think there's room for the for the Miami Heat, but being a four seed in the Eastern Conference for the next couple of years with Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, you know, like I think is a really fun team to watch. So I think I think that that me and you and a lot of other NBA fans can get obsessed with like the championship or bust mentality. But I think for the Miami Heat here, like I don't think this makes them championship winners, but I do think it makes them a better team than they were two days ago and and I think it's exciting. You know, it's 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 good for the team, I would argue. Bro, if they roll out a lineup of Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, and Bam Adebayo, whoever you want to have with it, Duncan Robinson. Whoever you want to have as the fifth guy, they're gonna clamp teams. Yeah. The, did, no one's That's gonna score. That's very true. That's very no true. No one is gonna score. That's very true. That defensive lineup is nasty. It's very true. Um and, and by the way, Kyle Lowry is a better fit than a Ben Simmons or some of the other guys that they were, or, you know, a DeMar DeRozan, some of the other guys that they were rumored to maybe um, be chasing this summer. Um, 
just because of because of his shooting. And Kyle Lowry is the definition of Heat's culture of Heat culture. Um, he's gonna fit in really well there. Um, overall, like I don't think you, I I don't. There's a lot of bad things you can say here, except like the Heat spent a lot of money. Like that's it. And like and like these are guys who are get who are not getting any any younger, right? Whereas you still have Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, who are young guys. You also have this. You have you have two. Com- competing timelines i guess or like clashing timelines yeah but for sure and i feel like the the now timeline is winning which to me means tyler hero might be available yeah we'll see I, I, you know i think when you when you invest all of this money then then like you have to make him available but right now his his trade value is lower than on uh, is lower outside of the heat i think than, the, than it is in the heat in the, in the in the heads of of heat fans and of uh pat riley because they turned down James Harden for Tyler Hero, I think. So. Oh yeah, some. Oh my God, I, we shouldn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, for the sanity yeah, of the yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah. I'm very. I think the Miami Heat are going to be studs next year. Okay. I, I think they're going to be three to five seed, definitely. Okay. Um, let's talk about the Chicago Bulls. They just now, as we were about to hit record, they got Demar Derozan in a sign-in trade in exchange for Thaddeus Young. Man. I was I was hoping for the for the Demar Derozan Kyle Lowry reunion to be honest yeah, with you to yeah. be honest with you my uh, a part of my of my heart was was hoping for that yeah um so the, it, the, pro- the other problem with the Demar Derozan thing sorry I'll let you finish it's like not, it still doesn't help their defense <laughs> oh yeah the bull, the Bulls like were a revolving door on defense this year Zach Levine that, Demar Derozan Nikola Vucevic yeah none of them I would say Demar is probably the best defender i think i don't even no, know I mean, oh yeah yeah yeah. He, like lonzo is a better defender than demar Derozan, oh, yeah, yeah. but but i didn't put him in the group yeah. of that three yeah so they get demar Derozan in exchange for thad young a first and two second round picks um nick marzan was trying to come at us saying like why why would the like why would the spurs do this and i'm like dude like getting anything is good demar Derozan probably was gonna walk and what, he, what was it again was it Thad Young, it was a picks? It, it was a first and two seconds. Okay. I think the first might be protected. The, the honestly, overall, the thing here, though, is like they had to get rid of of, of, uh, of DeMar DeRozan because LaMarcus Aldridge retired. And no, like his contract was up. Yeah, 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 that's it, that's true, too. He would have like, walked for nothing. But I'm saying it doesn't make sense to re-sign him. Yes. Um, and... Uh, it, but but the but the moral of the story here is they waited a year too long to trade him and Lamarcus Aldridge. Like yeah, they could have true. traded him last season or the off season before um, for more than this. Uh, yeah, I agree. And you know, and they would have gotten you know, and and they would still wouldn't have been success. And they would have like they wouldn't have really been any less successful for Greg Popovich's last couple of seasons. Like it's not yeah. like they've been. Oh, we don't know that there is last couple of seasons, but they still haven't been competitive for what seems to be the end of Greg Popovich's coaching career. So they get DeMar, they bring in Lonzo Ball on a four-year, $85 million deal, and they bring Huge. in the GOAT, Alex Caruso, on a four-year, $37 million deal. The Lonzo Ball thing happened right as free agency opened. Yeah. And the Pelicans, they didn't, didn't match They, they didn't match it. Because he was a restricted free agent. So, yeah. like, if you don't know, that means that the Pelicans could have said, okay, you want to go to the Bulls for four-year, $85 million? Actually, no, we're going to pay you four years, $85 million. You have to stay in New Orleans. Yeah. They and let so him walk. They let him walk. In exchange, they they signed and traded. I think they may have signed and traded Alonzo for Thomas Sadoransky, and then they turned they turned around and traded him for Devontae Graham. Okay. And that's how that worked out. And so... Devontae Graham is making about half as much over the next four years as Alonzo Ball is. So, so it was kind of a budgeting thing. Mm-hmm. For me... I understand why you would get rid of Lonzo or not bring him back because 
you know, like his shooting could be inconsistent alongside Zion, which you need shooters around Zion. But you also kind of do need, you know, like a good facilitator. Like Brandon Ingram's like an okay passer. I don't know if he can be just ball dominant all the time. And the Devontae like, Graham is not the passer that Alonzo is, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, and so I don't really like the Devontae Graham move. I if if you like I almost would rather them like keep Sadoransky and then like just go get like another really good wing with the extra seven million dollars you would get with that. Um but I think Lonzo Ball, great fit for the Bulls. Um, I think he has room to grow, still a younger team, but they're actually trying to compete. I feel like they might have their shit together a little bit more in their front office. Um, he also helps them tremendously on defense because, as we already discussed, yeah. Vucevic and Zach Levine cannot guard a, a, a standing chair. Um, they can't stay in front of it. And, uh, and, if you're the, and if you're the Bulls, you have to go make some moves this offseason because you just traded for Vucevic. If yeah. you're going to go trade for an all-star and like sacrifice of your future and dedicate a lot of money with extensions to Zach Levine in this core, like now is the moment to go make a let's go get Lonzo Ball kind of move. Um, and so I think nice job Chicago Bulls, regardless of whether I mean I think I think they're a playoff team, the playoffs team next year, but like regardless of of uh, you know if they're if they like make the finals or the conference finals, like I said with the Miami Heat, like this is a more fun team and it's and it's going to be a much better team and it will sell tickets. So like win for the franchise. And again, the the four years eighty five mil, that's twenty one dollar or twenty one million dollars a year. I don't think Lonzo the player today is worth twenty one million dollars a year, but I think that he still has some room to grow and he's still young. So that that value gets worked into the money right there. And I and I think he fits better on the on this Bulls team that is got a lot of like good offensive weapons um not not this not the pelicans don't for the record but like vucevic is a stretch five uh zach levine can really shoot it from the outside right Markinen is just a straight up stretch four we'll see what happens with Markinen too by the way because he's restricted free agent um and his name is floating around in rumors a little bit um but but for a team that's got like a lot of actually perimeter creation i think lonzo ball is going to be pretty a pretty exciting fit in a lack of defense, he really helps them on that end. And Alex Caruso, this is only news because it's Alex Caruso. He gets slightly less than $10 million a year for four years. I go, think it's also news because the Lakers could have really used him back. Like the, Lake, the Lakers would have had his bird rights, which meant that he was one of the players that in filling out their $13 million, that they could have like gone over whatever taxes to bring him back. So the fact that he didn't go back to the Lakers not only hurts the Lakers, but I think is, is, is good for the Chicago Bulls. Like that's another win because he's a defensive-minded guard, um, and, he, and he's going to help off the bench for sure. All right, uh, let's just go to a bunch of the other teams who have made one or two moves. Nothing insane, but a, a few small role players. We can go down the line. Um, Brooklyn Nets, they they add Patty Mills and they add James Johnson. I love the Patty Mills edition, dude. They uh, they like Bleacher Report or ESPN. I, w- mm-hmm. I was heading up here to record, and Nick texts us and he he sends us this post by Bleacher Report, and it's a photoshopped of Patty Mills like next to the big three, <laughs> and, then, and it's posted by Bleacher Report, and they're like, "Bro, why why did they Photoshop this? Like it's like a oh my gosh, it's a big four now." <laughs> like he looked equally as formidable as as the other three That's all really NBA funny. players, and then I texted back, being like, "Hey, bro, if this is the Olympics, <laughs> he's the best player in the picture because he's like one of the best. Very like, true. He's, Patty, by the way, if you don't know this, Patty Mills is one of the best international players of all time. Yeah. That's not me even for making t- for a joke. Australia, yeah. yeah, like 
he's just like out here dropping like 25 a game in international play for the past 10 years he's nuts and and they also bring back bruce ba- bruce brown and blake griffin that's big, good for big. them losing jeff green hurts yeah um, I, knew, I knew they were gonna lose him because because he had some games in the playoffs i feel like jeff green like every i feel like he's been doing this for 15 years now where he signs a minute like he doesn't have a job and then he signs a minimum with it with a contender and then he has he hits a bunch of threes for them and then he gets like seven million dollars the next year and then he does like not that great with them and then he becomes unemployed and gets a minimum and it's just a cycle yeah i mean he was on those Cavs teams and then let's briefly hit on the fact that the Brooklyn Nets, none of their big three have signed extensions so far. Um, the deadline to start, or not the deadline, but like the opening for extensions, I believe, was like midnight last night um, as, as recording this on Tuesday, August 3rd. Speaking um, of extensions, shout out to Steph Curry. Yeah. Signed his second $200 million deal, the first athlete ever to do that. Um, but this actually kind of makes sense because of the, the like player empowerment idea um and lebron james actually just kind of signed his like first giant extension of his career with the lakers basically um we're moving in a direction where the biggest of the stars have have figured out that they can really exercise their will and have a, have the most power when when they don't go sign five-year extensions um so if you're the brooklyn nets like you know you're not gonna get I, you can't get the super max i don't think like they could definitely sign some big extensions that are like nearing 200 million dollars like steph curry um but them not being you know tied up to the nets for the next four years gives them a lot of of control and power that i think is is really important to them and it's what got them to be on the nets together in the first place so player sure. empowerment this is a, this is a a sign of that uh let's just go down the list denver nuggets bring back to michael green Austin Rivers and Will Barton. I think all of those are good moves. Just a bunch of like solid vets. Will Barton has played with the Nuggets for almost ten years at this point. Shout mm. out to him. He's one of like the guys who have who have tenured with the team for a really long time. Uh, and as we mentioned, they get Jeff Green. I'm a fan of that. I think all those guys are either good defenders or they can make shots or they can do both. Yeah, and, and as you know, I'm a sort of I'm a Nikola Jokic fan, and therefore, uh, like yeah. you know a slight Nuggets fan. Um, I, I think ad- adding wings that can, that can shoot um, and, and getting back a healthy Jamal Murray is just exciting. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do next year. The Utah Jazz, they bring back Mike Conley on a three-year, $72 million deal, and they add Rudy Gay on a two-year, $12 million deal. I think the Rudy Gay thing is a bargain. I think Rudy Gay can create mm-hmm. shots. He can, he can sh- make shots. And I don't think he's a bad defender. I, I haven't really watched that much Rudy Gay, but I don't think he's a bad defender. Um, I think that's good, especially for a Jazz team that doesn't have like one superstar, but just has a bunch of guys who can attack and make shots. Notable for the San Antonio Spurs that like similar to DeMar DeRozan, they let Rudy Gay go. Um, he was being rumored to the Lakers for a little bit, um, which gives you an idea of like he's the kind of wing that would fit with LeBron James and therefore is the kind of wing that every <laughs> NBA team would like to have. Um even in his older age, um, yeah, which that, that's a that's a solid vet pickup, and good that they got that they got back Mike Conley, right? Like that's that's not a surprise, yeah. but I think solid. it's a little bit of an overpay, honestly, for a guy that won't be an All Star for the, for the next three years, most likely. He you're, just had his first All Star appearance in his career. I know, but that was as a reserve. He's so sure. you're, so what you're paying 
you're paying $23 million a year, $24 million a year for a guy who's not going to be an all-star. Like, that's a little bit. But then what are you going to do? Just not re-sign him? Well, you know what? Coming off, of, coming off of a year where you were the one seed, I think you do everything in your power to just hold that team together. So yeah, nicely done by the Utah Jazz, I guess. Yeah. Phoenix Suns, they re-signed Chris Paul. Chris Paul opted out of his $40 million player option for next year. Um, but then he goes for the stability yeah. for four years, four more years with the, with the Suns. Yeah. So he signs four years, 120 mil. So net net, he makes more money this way. But by, by the way, we, we called the contract that he signed with the Suns last offseason dangerous because it was an old Chris Paul. And you're paying him a lot of money. And so like while we're calling that dangerous again, like hopefully Chris Paul makes us all look silly. Right. Like for, for even yeah. for even doubting that this would work out. Um and, you know, like the same thing I said with Utah Jazz, if you have a team that just went to the finals, um, you got to do everything you can to, like, hold that core together. So, and amen, like, not only Chris Paul, but also campaign. A lot of people are saying this, and it's true. We see John Wall, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul even, all have $40 million contracts for aging point guards. Mm. No contract is untradeable in 2021. Yeah. No, no it's a, that's a very good point and i also think that you're you're, you're seeing this offseason that there are a lot of there's a lot of movement with veteran point guards i think like i said like kemba walker could be next um because teams are trying to recreate this like kemba walker effect and it also is true of of mike conley when the jazz added added him you know i guess that was there was one extra season before the season of mike conley but when you bring in a veteran point guard it can really raise at least the floor, and in the case of the Suns, also the ceiling um, to sort of new levels. So teams are definitely going to try to recreate the formula that the Suns had. But I heard uh, on the Ringer NBA podcast, and and it was a very good point. Like you're trying to recreate an effect by one of you know the top twenty greatest players ever, right? Like like the a Hall of Fame point guard there in a one of one player. So don't go overboard with the 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 four-year extensions on, on old point guards. But. That's true. Uh, the, the Suns also bring back campaign on a three-year $19 million deal, yep. and they add JaVale McGee for a one-year $5 million deal and bring back Abdul Nader. I like the McGee move. They didn't really have a backup uh, center last year after Dario Saric tore his ACL or Achilles, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the JaVale thing is, is a pretty good move. Yeah, and, and Abdul Nader was injured but then got some big playoff minutes like right right at the end like i think he came back for the conference finals or the finals maybe um and and the announcers were talking about for his not only that good story but also for his defense so who knows that could that could be proved to be big for for next year's run the portland trailblazers bring back norman powell on a five-year 90 million dollar deal the very important the exact same contract as duncan robinson yeah if you're comparing these two yeah duncan robinson probably fits best on a team with LeBron James on it, where you just need role players, but who's the better player? Norm Norm Powell is the better player. Norm Powell, I I'm such his shot creation is at a yeah, whole other level. I, I'm yeah. such a high Norman Powell guy. I think he can just he can score from three and from mid range, and he can just create shots for others. We we talked about also like could he be a budget CJ McCollum? Like yeah. if you in now having the security of having a secondary shot creator behind Damian Lillard in Norman Powell. Could you then go trade CJ McCollum for a Ben Simmons, per, you know, per se? I think bringing back Norman Powell alone isn't the big change that was going to keep Dame happy this summer, but it does give you some some uh, 
I think, safety net and that, that maybe C.J. McCollum becomes not expendable, but like not as central, like, like centrally necessary to this team because you have Norman Powell, who has proven to be an excellent shot creator in his own right. Or is the franchise-altering decision that will make Dame happy to bring in Cody Zeller, <laughs> which is what they did. Yeah. By the way, this is me once again putting strong doubt on the fact that Damian Lillard leaves the leaves the Trailblazers this offseason. But I don't know. If the if the rumor according to Stephen A is that he would come to the Knicks, I am I am not opposed. <laughs> we still got some cap space left, I think. Uh, Golden State Warriors, like we already said, got the jersey on. Steph Curry signs a two uh, signs a four year. $215 million deal. That's over $50 million Jeez, a year. We were talking about this when you got here and, and you and told me that. And I was like, four years? Like, it's got to be five years. Like, $40 million is, like, standard at this point. $50 million a year is, like, got to be close to unheard of. Yeah. Although, High, he's probably been making $50 million for a year or two. And, yeah. and probably LeBron, too. But, like, $50 million? I remember it was probably, like, you know, like, 2016 or something the first first like 40 million a year contract was signed and now it's like 50 yeah. million I, I remember when mike conley signed the first 30 million dollar contract yeah. back in like 2014 or something 2015 jesus that's wow. that Dude. is like scary how that, much money that yeah, is that just shows uh the, the growth of the cba growth of player contracts do you know what the cap is in 2021 2022 i think it's like a little over 200 million <laughs> like you know like 220 or something uh, million for a team for a team so i think I think, it, I think it's under i think it's in like the mid 100s are you sure oh is it okay I, I, I i'm gonna know. i'm gonna look it up um in the grand scheme it doesn't matter because everyone's over it already <laughs> but fascinating that steph curry is making such a huge chunk of of that salary by himself it just shows like how how valuable stars are in the nba yeah but, uh milwaukee bucks bring back bobby portis on a two-year nine million dollar deal I was shocked. I thought he was going to get like two year 20 at least. I think he was going to get back for like like probably $10 million a year. The whole city of Milwaukee loves him. But I guess that's why he signed for, for a discount. If, if you yeah, if you look agree, like, yeah. like we're, we're not mentioning all like the, the small kind of signings of like of like two years, $10 million. But if you compare all those guys who are getting two years, 10, one year, five, and you compare them with Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis is the better player. Well, like JaVel McGee is going to get paid more for the Suns next season than, than yeah, Bobby than, Portis is, just just for yeah. for reference. Two years, $9 million is definitely less than he could have been paid, but, I mean, like, he was he was a star for, for the for the Bucks for his, you know, antics and whatever, for the, the crazy eyes, you know, yeah, persona. P.J. Tucker signed essentially the same deal, I believe. With, with it was Miami two years, Heat. fifteen, I think. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, it was the, even more. yeah. There you go. And I, I would probably rather have Bobby Portis on my roster for this upcoming season because PJ Tucker is uh, also a fossil. Uh, you were right. The cap is like one twelve million, and then the luxury tax is like one hundred thirty seven million. Yeah, and, and people people go over it, but still. Um, did you mention that the Milwaukee Bucks added Rodney Hood? Too? I did not. I did not. That's. That's, solid. that's serious. He that's hasn't serious. been healthy for like two years. Yeah, but, w- but when he was but when healthy, he is healthy, yeah, he was good. Yep. Um, and then I think Bryn Forbes is still like out there, um, which is important because like the Bucks rotation got down to like seven um, at, at, during the finals. But 
I heard Kevin Herter say on the Old Man the Three, which is JJ Rick's podcast, that he thought for like moments of their series against the Hawks that uh, the, you know, the Bucks versus Hawks series that Bryn Forbes was like the Bucks' best player, <laughs> just because like I don't know if you remember, but he had a couple games where he just could not miss. Um, and so even though he's a liability on defense, he can stroke it from three. So um, he's definitely a valuable commodity on the market, I would guess. The Indiana Pacers bring back TJ McConnell on a four-year, $35 million deal, and then they lose Doug McDermott to the Spurs. Good for TJ, man. He finally gets paid. He's been signed like minimum like mm. four, four or $5 million contracts. He finally gets a long-term deal, getting paid $9 million each year. Good for him, man. Everyone, I was I was watching again the JJ Reddick podcast, um, and they There's were so many they, TJ McConnell. Yeah, TJ McConnell's been on there, but also Karis LeVert was recently on there, um, and he just had so many TJ stories. And TJ just sounds like an awesome dude. Yep. Um, the Cleveland the Cleveland Cavaliers give Jared Allen a five year, one hundred million dollar contract. That was a little bit surprising. I think he probably deserves the money, uh, given that he's gonna hopefully keep increasing and being one of the better rim protectors in the league um interesting over the next five years because because you're now committing to the big man front court of jared allen and evan mobley without ever having seen them play it play together i mean i'm sure people not would, not crazy I'm but sure interesting. people would trade for jared allen if you really needed to true true um but people were saying all throughout the draft process that evan mobley was one of the most versatile big men we've seen and and by the way people that i know like I don't know. I don't totally know how to pronounce his name. I think it's like Jarks. It's T J A R K S. Um, was calling Evan Mobley probably the best big man process prospect since Anthony Davis. Um, he is he is partially valued because he can play with anybody. Is is what I keep hearing. You know that he's a he's a seven footer with perimeter skills and he can go out to the perimeter to guard uh, to guard you know like all five positions on defense. So. If anybody can make it work, it's Evan Mobley because um, he's a total unicorn. Um, and then also, like, like we, like we've been saying, like it hurt for the for the Nets to lose Jared Allen because look, there's a team out here willing to pay him five years, hundred million dollars. Like that should tell you something that he's he's a really really valuable guy. Yeah, that's facts. Um, the Toronto Raptors, they'll get whatever they get back in the sign trade for Kyle Lowry. I'm almost mm-hmm. positive it's going to be Goran Dragic. Um, because that's how you get the contracts to match. And then also maybe some other incentive. Someone told me Precious Achua. I don't know if that's true. Um, And then they also bring back Gary Trent Jr. for three years, $54 million, which is kind of mind-blowing considering that he only broke out for the the Portland Trailblazers this past year. And he was on like a minimum contract. I'm pretty sure he got drafted like late 50s or was undrafted. And now he signed a contract worth upwards of $50 million. In both guys from that trade. Because remember, he got traded from Norman Powell. So, yeah. so, so that was a big, that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, man. So I'm really happy for Gary Trent Jr., an absolute sniper from three, who also um, can sometimes go off the dribble we've seen mm-hmm. when he gets hot. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia 76ers bring in Andre Drummond. I don't know. Like, I don't as, know as how I feel yeah. I'm curious. Do, do you know how much he made? Or like what the contract is? I, I I don't think that the details are out yet. I just know it's a one year deal. Yeah, so one yeah, year deal is low out. stakes, of course, which is which is a good thing. Um, but I, like the reason I'm like hesitant is just like, I, like 
I don't like Andre Drummond brings what like his rebounding. Do you really need rebounding that has on a team that has Joel Embiid and as of right now Ben Simmons? Well, I mean, I guess he would just be a backup. Yeah, and, and I don't, I don't hate that, but yeah, like I, again, probably depends on how much he's getting paid. You know, like if he's if Andre Drummond's out here taking a, a huge pay cut to play in the 76ers, great. But Which, by the way, that makes no sense because him and Joel Embiid like actively hate each other. Or at least that's perceived that way. Like, do you know? You do said you, this do you about know? Trevor Reese and LeBron too. I don't know. I mean, I feel no, like no, you no, could... no, no. But this is a more recent thing. Like Trevor and LeBron hated each other in high school. Look, Le- Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond. There's like a history there. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Like, like every time they play, like they get oh. they, they like they like full on scrap. Yeah. And the, and like Joel Embiid like trolls him on Twitter, saying like was he like, when you he was can't like guard like, me. Yeah, real estate. Yeah, 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 yeah I think yeah. you're right. I think yeah, you're right. Like I got right. free real estate in your head. Like you can't guard me. And then Joel and Joel Embiid like put up like 50 on him. And yeah. it was like talking trash and Andre Drummond fouled out. Yeah, that's out. actually really interesting. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't I, think about I that. I saw that on Twitter that people were talking about. That's very interesting. Um, they also bring back Furkan Korkmaz for three years, 15. Underrated, underrated. I, I think I think that's a great move. He, yeah. He's a sniper. Like, if, if Duncan Robinson is getting paid, 90, what? Yeah, like 90 over five 90 years. Over five, like, solid move. If you're, if you're only paying a yeah. guy $5 million a year for not the same service, but again a also good shooter very watered down version right yeah yeah um like why couldn't the lakers devote like six million dollars of cap for furcon Korkmaz? like well i'm sure they would love to but yeah but why if you're Korkmaz, do you leave the 76 years i don't know we can play with lebron you want a ring yeah well i'm sure he he believes that he can ring win a ring with the with the 76 years and joel Embiid. so we'll see still we're still waiting to see what happens with the with the ben simmons stuff um no update on that yet, but we will we will come at you with an episode when when it does. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dallas Mavericks. We already mentioned how sad we are as Knicks fans to lose Reggie Bullock, which should give you an idea that we are probably both really high on on the Mavericks getting him. Reginald. Um, they also bring in Sterling Brown. You were a fan of him because yeah. cause he's a good shooter. Yeah, he's actually he he shot like forty percent or like forty two percent from three on like not negligible three-point attempts yeah like he, he was like he was like close to leading the league in percentage at one point right like last season he he, he averaged i mean he he attempted 4.2 threes which is by far the most of his career last year and he he made a really good percent he made 42 percent of them which is like the, for the rockets uh yeah for the rockets last year and so mm-hmm. honestly dude like if you <laughs> if you're if you're trying to surround luca with shooting great job which you should be um and then bring back tim hardaway jr on four years 72 million dollars solid contract solid i you know what like I, i'm hesitant only because like like tim hardaway is really really talented but he's streaky as hell and so devoting you know i i, I think this is a move that they had to make but at the same time it's a little it's a little like a little bit of a nail biter that like your big three at the moment that like you're the guys that you're devoting like these like big contracts to are Tim Hardaway Jr., Kristaps Porzingis, and Luka Doncic. Like I only really have confidence in the moment at, at this moment in one of those guys. Um, Which, by the way, shout out to Luka. Shout night. out to Luka for being 17 and 0 in international play with Slovenia. They're in they're in the semifinal game of the Olympics right now. Just think about that. Damn. Like uh, whereas, the U.S. is still Jan, in, correct? Like, like even though the U.S. like lost, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They they were tied. Stage, yeah. They were tied with Spain at halftime yesterday in an elimination game, but then they they won. God. But Spain's also like probably the second best team in the world. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Um, like, wow. We already hit on the on the New Orleans Pelicans, and and Devontae Graham is an interesting consolation after striking out on Kyle Lowry and not bringing back Lonzo Ball. But again, like this is this is a really important Pel. Uh, I keep saying this; it's a really important off season for the Pelicans, and it's just it's just going to be interesting to watch. New coach, um, new point guard. We'll see what else they do from here. Oh, and Jonas Valanciunas already. Um, yeah, so for them. I, I I can't hate. I can't really hate so far. Although I'm, I'm 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 I don't know. I'm I'm mixed on them not bringing back Lonzo Ball for sure. Um, I don't. Yeah, I guess I guess I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, and one name we're still waiting on is Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he opted out of his deal. Which like, usually just means he's gonna re-sign for a yeah. bigger contract. Honestly, right? I'm but. I'm so confident he's gonna re-sign. I saw a poll today on Instagram saying like like what's the chances Kawhi leaves? And, and yeah. people people said like like seventy percent of people said that that he leaves. I'm like what? Are, like people are idiots. NBA and yeah, <laughs> people NBA are so are like just gonna yeah. People are dumb. Um, but yeah, man, we'll we'll continue to follow up on the rest of the moves of the off season. Hopefully we get a few more things. This is the this is the most fun part of the season. This is opinion. only this is like by the way like yeah like I said it's Tuesday August third, and you know it's five thirty p.m. So the trade the free agency has only been open for like twenty three and a half hours at the <laughs> moment. Like like this is still technically like day one. Um, yeah. So really really interesting stuff. The I guess the biggest questions I would still say so far are. Uh, are the Trailblazers and the 76ers. Like, if any team was going to come out and, like, pull off a big move, it would be one of those two. Although, I would definitely put chances of that, and I guess throw Kawhi Leonard in that group too, (coughs) chances of any of those three things, like, being something unexpected right now, I would say are, like, sub-50 before before the season starts. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I think so. But, you know, fingers crossed for more chaos. I guess. Yeah, I'm. I'm. That, that's not. That's not to. Uh, that's not to say I'm not hoping for for one of those things to to happen. But all right, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space Four NBA Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe, uh, and we're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much. My name is Connor Gielen. and I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout out to Slovenia. Shout and out to Reggie Bullock. Reginald. <laughs>